Because it's Wednesday night. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. Wednesdays mean it's comic book day. And comic book day means it's time for U.S. Comics Cast. And it can't be U.S. Comics without Cast. Disco. Without oh, the CEO. <laughs> without Disco and the CEO of U.S. Comics, the realest American. Take a hike, Hogan, because he is a real American. Uh-huh. Finds good books for every man. John Rivera. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm just sitting here over here saying my prayers and taking my vitamins. And I am joined this week, as every week, by the COO of U.S. Comics, the Dancing Destroyer, the King of Sting, the Count of Monte Fisto, the master of disaster, Charlie the Grim Reaper Rivera. Rivera. If I ever was introduced somewhere, I only want a Spanish guy with a strong <laughs> accent doing it. Because those rolling R's are dynamite, mm-hmm. son. Yeah, but they, they have to hit only the Latin words with the trilled R's and the heavy accents. Nothing else. Everything else needs to be total King's English, no accent whatsoever. Exactly. Like a freaking professional. <laughs> How you doing this Wednesday, sir? I'm 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 great, man. I, I would complain, but nobody gives a hell and damn. I give at bare minimum a hell. Some yeah. days even a hell and a damn. But you're not wrong. Let's roll with the good. <laughs> and Let's roll how? with the good. It's comic book day. I got a fat yes. stack of books. In front of me, I got a tall glass of water to record this show with my BFF, my brother, and then expletives, assume. Uh, (laughs) You have a good week so far, my dude. So far, so good, man. I'm not on fire, and I'm not dead. So that's already two in my favor. Two great That's already two things that were better than last week. (laughs) Yeah, that fire was a real uh, inconvenience. For everybody. It was spontaneous there, I say. hey <laughs> I hate you. Man, Why don't you tell don't the nice me. people listening for the first time what this show is all about? All right. Well, here you are, have two of the big brains. Look at a big fucking brain on Brad. So throbbing. Uh, of U.S. comics, two of the, to the, the pivotal voices in our own opinions on all things comic books and all things comic book related. And we're going to sit down for one hour. We're going to regale you 30 minutes each. Basically, we're going to have our own halves of the uh, grapefruit for breakfast. Uh, we're going to be able to talk about our topics. Now, the topics that we each have chosen to uh, chosen to speak about uh, are totally uh, surprised to the other half of the equation, the other side of the tennis net, so to speak. So uh, the reactions you're going to get are just our natural reactions, totally uh, totally simulating our typical car rides when we were trying to get to the movies, late as hell, speeding the back roads, and uh, never ever once missing a feature. Dare I say that stat is uh, accurate. So we're each going to have uh, uh, equal time. It's going to work out to be about 25 minutes each. When that time goes off, that time is off. You're going to shut up and sit back and take it. And the other side is going to uh, be able to speak about their um, their topic of interest for this week. Uh, we do alternate weeks. Who's going to start? Who's going to wrap it up? And this week, uh, uh, Charlie, uh, the younger 
uh, Eric, questionably, questionably younger half is actually going to kick us off. So uh, I, I'm very interested to see. There's been a lot of stuff going on this week already. Uh, so I, I'm really curious to, to hear about your topic of choice. What, what caught your attention this week, Chucky boy? I'm going full giddy this week. I'm talking Uh-oh. about the, the, the man, the myth, the legend, the, the brilliant mind behind such hits as Guardians of the Galaxy, Super, mm. Slither, uh, Dawn of the Dead, he wrote, Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about my boy, James Effin Gunn, and he has loaded up his pistol. He has aimed it back when Disney said you can't play because your Twitter <laughs> game was whack back in the day. He said, I know who'll hire me. DC cinematically is falling <laughs> apart. What do you They'll need do anything. <laughs> and they said, oh, boy, do we have the project for you? We released the movie. It made money. It had stars. Charlie Rivera liked it. And those were all <laughs> the things that it had going for itself. I'm talking about James Gunn taking over the helms of Suicide Squad with not Suicide Squad 2. Rather, we're talking the suicide squad when in nice. doubt add a thaw do it oh, again yeah. not not only do you add the thaw the the but you capitalize that son of a gun oh yeah oh and boy oh boy <laughs> the people sit up and pay attention we're like they what can't now? say it <laughs> but uh, never in the history of cinema has uh the general consensus been Screw Suicide Squad 2, immediately replaced by, what's that? James Gunn? James Gunn's going to come? James Gunn, he's really going to do it? He's going to, like, plan it? And uh, hooray for the Suicide Squad! Yeah! So the big news this week is the cast. Uh, I'm I'm not going to bear any leads because I really want to get into what might be going on, what I hope goes on, what you think. I want to dive in. But first, a few confirmations. First... Uh, sadly missing from the cast, but not particularly surprisingly, uh, Will Smith won't be returning as right. Deadshot. There was some early rumors that the King Idris Elba was going to step in and throw on the one goggle. That is false. He is in the movie, but right, he right. is not playing Deadshot. Some nope. people that are coming back, we got the delicious, uh, the occasionally hilarious uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. We got my boy Robocop, uh, Joel Kinnaman back as Rick Flag. We got Don't John- hold that against him. <laughs> I, another movie I didn't mind. Uh, oh, I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying it didn't upset. Nobody's me. saying it was good. I, I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, we got Jai Courtney back as Captain Boomerang. We got Viola Davis back as Amanda Waller. Uh, all good news. Then we get some new announcements. We have uh, Steve Agee, who's the comedian. Uh, King Shark, he's playing. We got Danielle Melquire, uh, who I'm not too familiar with. She's playing Ratcatcher. <laughs> then we start really going crazy. We got David playing Polka Dot Man. not accurate. I cannot pronounce his name. Don't even make me try. Das Machelin is what it looks like to me, playing Polka Dot Man. Uh, But then we have some absolute uh, bad casting, Uh, a bit of horrible news to go along with this great cast. John (laughs) Cena is playing Peacemaker. I just hope he gets a boomerang to the eye. 
John Cena oh, can eat my Never shorts. Never in my life have I ever wished that a that a, a catchphrase was actually accurate because I really <laughs> and truly wish that I did not see him anytime he actually shows up for something. Never has yeah. someone taken one minute of being Ugh. funny and dragged it into being one Ugh. of the quote-unquote best ever. Get I'll, out of I'll here. Be, you I'll be stink. honest with you right now. You're being tremendously generous with the term one minute because I, I wouldn't really go over. <laughs> it was I about go 14 seconds over. of that rap yeah, he 14, did on Halloween. You could, <laughs> you could actually round it up to 15 seconds, and I'd be fine with it, but no, no. It's not a, it's not a whole minute. I would Fuck just that. like it to be said way before I was booing Roman Reigns in the WWE John Cena was getting me booing him while Kurt Angle got me to agree that I, in fact, sucked. Because Kurt Angle rules, John Cena drools. Yeah, That's right. I, I hit him with that kindergarten hit. That's right. But James Gunn, just when I thought my boy was slipping, I thought he was writing the script to Scooby-Doo 2. I was mm. worried. What does he hit me with? Well, he reminds me, Idris Elba in an unnamed role. Yeah. Then he hits me. With Taiga Watiti. Yes. The the the, the, the guy who made Thor interesting. I'm <laughs> shocked too. Uh the, the miracle voice, worker. The voice behind our favorite pile of rocks. Yes. The man who's gonna make a movie where he plays Hitler funny. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, yeah. I couldn't be more excited, or so. Mel I th- Brooks himself wouldn't be more proud of uh, of a guy than he would be of this guy right and now. And I mean, there's a ton of people that have been added to this cast, but when as if Tiger Watiti wasn't enough, my boy Michael Rooker, he's in it, yes, baby. Yes. He's signed mm-hmm. on. He brought his little friend from SNL, Pete Davidson, who I adore <laughs> mainly because he got to bone a pop star for a while. Uh, and then was like sad about it, and he got a super hot actress. The kid is his life was terrible when he was young. I'll let you Google it and be depressed. But as far as being an adult, minus a little yeah, bit no, of his depression, the kid's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean that's what medicine is for because he is living his best life right now. Good damn, I'm, he knows that there's no promised time, and he is using and abusing it. <laughs> uh, but then I think the news I was most excited about, the thing I think I want to talk about the most, mm-hmm. my boy from Firefly fame, yes. we got Nathan mm-hmm. Mother. Effin Fillion. Yes, yes. So some was, might say the the un uh, the the unrecognized actual star of Big Mouth because every time that he shows up <laughs> as an animated Nathan Fillion in Big Mouth, even in dog form, I just absolutely chuckle to myself. I might argue, pleasantly. especially in dog form. So I gotta <laughs> well, ask that, you that's this: your thing. <laughs> that's gonna start all sorts of rumors in my life. <laughs> So I, I got to ask you, man, you're mm-hmm. behind the wheel. We live sure. in a D.C. now where they're saying stuff's disconnected. They're not even saying beyond some casting and beyond some connecting fibers. They're not even acknowledging necessarily the first Suicide Squad. They probably will, but they're, they, not, they... they're not chained by it. There's a reason they're not calling it Suicide Squad 2, the Suicide Squad. This is a soft reboot at minimum. Right, right. So you can cast Nathan Fillion as anyone. My question to you, John, who do you cast him as? 
Oof, that's you have the entirety of the DC universe. You even have people. He could play Deadshot if you want to. If you like, yep, he's white now. You could. I think it would be a bad idea. (laughs) But let's let's say the only rule is. Yeah, I mean, middle-aged white guys have not had a fair shake in this world. I I think they deserve it. (laughs) I'm clearly kidding. You know the the I joined that white guy support group, and I realized they had all the shit they needed, and I left. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So you can do anything. You have no restrictions. If you want, I'll let you cast him as Harley Quinn. So who do you put? <laughs> oh, don't don't tempt me. <laughs> who do you feel like he should play? I mean, look. I know it's know, a lot of pressure, yeah, but deal with it. I, <laughs> there is um god how do i even put this there there clearly is i mean when you when you go out when you reach out which is clearly what must have happened um when you reach out and you grab a guy like nathan fillion who some might you know you know some might possibly debate it but they'd be wrong he is the hardest working man in hollywood every time you turn around he's a head He's a forty-something-year-old police officer. He's a he's he's a writer. He, I mean, I, I can't imagine anything that he hasn't been. Quite frankly, um, what he what he certainly is, honestly, is a hard-working dude. Um, but when you go ahead and when you shake off his schedule and say, no, no, this is what you're going to be doing, is uh, playing dress up with us for a few months. Um, you better really have, um, you better have some some you know good good affair uh, for him. You got to be able to hand him the pages and say, "Look, this is what we're all about." Um, you know, so so that being said, um, it, it's you know it's it's tough. I could sit back and guess, and my guess would be, what is he doing? My guess would be that he's almost um, kind of a from scratch character. You so think? that they're not ah that that's my guess. That that's my guess. I have um. I have, you know, have but that's suspicions. not necessarily. I mean, well, as I'm sure you have, as, as otherwise you'd have been a complete fool to bring up the topic. <laughs> um, You're like, I have no opinion. Next topic. <laughs> I uh, I relinquish my time to the senator from New Jersey. <laughs> um, but 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 if I'm going to play along with your, um, with your uh, with your kind of a uh, framework that you've set up, uh, I would I would probably put him. Uh, I would probably cast him myself personally as Bronze Tiger. Uh, oh, that that's not is, bad. Yeah, I mean, and then now look, I mean that there's something to be said about um, uh, characters that have a very specific uh, visual look about them, and in movies like this, you can actually get away with uh, leaving that signature look. Uh, away from a particular character, especially in a movie like this, where look, you have a giant, you know, humanoid shark running around, so you really <laughs> already ha- are stretching your CGI budget. Um, so I don't think necessarily you have to have, you know, old Tiger Head running around uh, from Jump Street the second that you see him. But I mean, look, you, you're talking about, um, you know, uh, the guy who is running with the League of Assassins and, and obviously with Suicide Squad. Um, but you know, uh, you know, uh, again, you, when you're talking about the um, the the opportunity to shake things up and uh, make it so that you you don't kind of see where it's coming or or where a uh, 
uh, like a direction of a specific character is going to go in, that's the perfect situation. And you joked about it already, taking a, a black character and casting them as a white guy, um, certainly not about um, any type of uh, inclusionary thing, but you know, you can actually, a character like that is not so, so A, such an A character, they like, it's impossible, uh, you couldn't ever do that. If you wanted to do, do the old switcheroo and, and really shake it up with somebody, uh, with a group of people that, that know the source material, that's, you know, that's a way to do it. Also, I really, really, if I'm being totally honest, I just really, really want to see Ron Steiger on the big screen. <laughs> I, I realize that he shows up in, in the CW um, the, he's in, existing in the Arrowverse, um, and and also I mean look if I'm if I'm gonna really stretch it out, Idris Elba we don't have a character associated with him uh, also so I guess if you wanted to be safe yeah I guess you can go ahead and cast Idris Elba <laughs> as Bron Tiger and I wouldn't have anything against it but I think if you really wanted to uh, pull the old good switcheroo surprise on you uh, that that's one way to do it I think Idris Elba should play Kite Man, personally. That's ah. clearly what he is screaming. If you're talking about mixing up, I'm just kidding. Please, no one ever <laughs> be Kite Man. Uh, so here's what I think. Not even Kite Man. I think when, I think James Gunn was approached by DC, personally. I think when, when that stuff went down, they went, hey man, we know you're blue. Don't be. We we understand. People need room to grow and not be stupid and et cetera, et cetera. So I think they approached him with the idea of how would you like to once again take a ragtag group, there's some names in it, and just take the ball and run, man. We're doing this new thing where we're not so worried about everything fitting together. We're doing this Joker movie that's different. We're doing this Batman movie that's different. We specifically don't want things to fit together. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like, we tried. We uh, failed because we really kind of half-assed it. So now you <laughs> just do you. Be a creator. That seems to be the thing that led to the creation of this Joker movie, and I think that's what led to this new Suicide Squad. That's the, mm -hmm. the realm I'm playing with. So the first thought I had was he's going to play Batman. He's going to be a cameo. And they're just going to let him be Batman. He has the jaw. I don't think any of these... Th th I think we're being led in certain directions with certain people. Pete Davidson... I mean, you are aware that Batman is white. So, like, I thought we were going to really, you know, give the white guys a chance and give them some black eye rolls. But I guess some people like to play it safe. You know, I was going to make him vibe, but it would break my heart. Uh, for those of you who don't know, which is everyone, vibe is a Latino superhero. Believe it or not, DC on, has You got to get more specific. Uh, vibe is a comic book character. <laughs> That appears on the pages of DC Comics. I hate you, very, I hate you, I hate you. Very occasionally. So my, that was my first thought, was he's going to play Batman, and it's going to be Pete Davidson, they've said, is in an extended cameo. So I'm mm. like, well, Nathan Fillion also must be an extended True. cameo. Then it hit me. Nathan Fillion is already involved in the DCU. He is already involved in DC movies. Hmm. He has done the voice of Green Lantern for True. years. So if you're going to set up a world, this stuff exists in the DCU, 
Mm. You uh, instead of having that weird Batman cameo from the first Suicide Squad, let the cameo be freaking Green Lantern. Oh. And you could have him like continually pop up just to be like, that's fucking Nathan Fillion again. And look how yeah. cool Green Lantern looks. They already tease Green Lanterns in the much upsetting Justice League movie. You right, saw right, all right. Green Lantern. Just freaking roll with it. You don't need to introduce uh-huh. him. He just shows up. The thing that I would I would counter with uh you know, look, you you have. I hope everybody got that burp because it was a pretty good one. Um, you have <laughs> Suicide Squad is, you know, they're they're running. And granted, while some of them do have, um, do have powers, um, Green Lantern is a solid A lister. Um, so so you, you would really have to kind of use him sparingly, um, if if you're gonna have to if you're going to interject him into the story because honestly, I I would put out there. What's one mission, quote unquote, that you would send in Suicide Squad uh, because you really don't care if some of them die and don't walk away from which um, the one thing uh, Gunn has really said was don't get too attached because clearly I love some. Yeah, there are some and and like the first one, there are some people, guy, you know, characters in the lineup that are not walking away from this one. Oh, if Polka Dot Man makes it to credits, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, if you're going to introduce a Green Lantern, you have to also introduce uh, the possibility of him getting axed uh, right away. So, um, but, but you know, and, and I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a mulligan. And uh, the more that I think about it, in all sincerity, um, I think may, he might be Nemesis. Ooh. Um, because he he carries kind of with him that um you know that governmental agent kind of vibe to him and uh, especially if he is indeed working uh, with a with a larger you know within the the uh, within the framework of a larger organization then all of a sudden you can have somebody like Pete Davidson he kind of just pops in here and there for comedic effect uh, as also being part of the you know the the large um, Big Brother kind of controlled um, situation, uh, so to speak. Um, I, I could see him. I don't hate that. I mean, obviously, yeah, he's you know, uh, any for anyone who doesn't know, because again, these are these are deep. These are these are pulled uh, characters. Um, that's the whole point of the of, of for for my. I mean, that's what James Gunn's specialty is. Yeah, you can take yeah. Drax and, and make them awesome. Yeah, well, but I mean, Suicide Squad is exactly that. He's like, you know, remember this character that you totally forgot or didn't even know exists? Rainbow well, Man. He, he's a fir- first page spread um, doing some awesome stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I, I can I can kind of see I can see him being um, I can see him being that character. Also, the fact that, you know, he could be that character and not look like Nathan Fillion at any given moment. Because he's a math master of disguise. That's true. Um, so you know, just slap a black turtleneck on somebody, uh, sl- throw a tactical turtleneck on a guy, <laughs> and all of a sudden, hit, there he is. So see for uh, maybe me, Nathan Fillion could connect the the check without having to be there on site every day. See for me, I think this is uh, James Gunn is gonna pull a Jay and Silent Bob strike back uh, <laughs> with with you know the dawn of that uh, sequel about to come out i think this film we're gonna keep hearing about amazing cameos i think mm. we're, i think this cast list is gonna be a who's who of friends and family 
It's going to be everyone he got to take scale. And in my head, I imagine, oh, we got Killer Shark being brought in from such and such prison. And he's literally in like the green cage from Green Lantern's (laughs) ring, gets dropped down. He chit chats with Harley Quinn and he's gone in his three minute cameo. I think if I think if Pete Davidson is an extended cameo, I Mm. think my boy Nathan is a cameo cameo. I just think, because think about it, people will have some idea of who Tiger Watiti is, but not everyone. Not everyone is going to wet themselves seeing Nathan Fillion. Well, his is more, I think, recognizable than his uh, his look. Yeah, Uh, 100%. Whereas Nathan Fillion, you could see him coming a mile away. But again, there are people who who just are know-nothings. There are people that are just strapping in to see another blockbuster. And I think you mm. just fill it to the brim with everyone you could get. And especially if it is this idea of, like, people die all the time. Or you have <laughs> to kind of see Arkham or whatever prison. You, we, we should see the Riddler. We should see Killer Croc again. We should see everybody that they can. We sh- I want to see King Tut. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, as far as I'm concerned... Make Suicide Squad that thing it was very close to being. Suicide Squad, that first movie, to me, is a movie that was trying too hard to be cool. All the tattoos, the way Joker was presented, who notably, he's also not on that cast list. So we're we're moving away from that Joker. Um, But as far as I'm concerned, you should, hell, have Mark Hamill in the background wearing a purple suit (laughs) giggling. Uh, Have Toy Man... I think they should pull out of the closet every lame duck Batman villain and sure. just roll them out. Of which there are no, uh, there's no shortage. Because be honest, you, you can't really tell a single story with some reintroductions for more than five, six people. So you can't mm. have this endless team. You can have people pop up for a mission, die, get replaced. That's interesting. Sure. That's fun. That could be very funny. Someone as talented as James Gunn? Come on. That's that's right. where he flourishes in. Uh, he flourishes in those <laughs> little moments. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I clearly am geeked up. I'm geeked up and yeah, ready to go. You've got, you've got a full-on chub for this one. Dude, I moved the studio table back half an inch. That, just, <laughs> that thing got shoved out of the way. I he would have moved it more than half an inch, but he couldn't. Now, you notably, you hated <laughs> Suicide Squad. Oh, Is anything terrible. other than James Gunn's name uh, exciting you for this new flick? Uh, I, I am. I mean, honestly, again, I think that they made for me the fact that they are just name dropping right and left, um, like a like you know like a like a semi drunk uh, mom. Uh, at a family reunion type of thing, they're just name dropping all over the place, and I I think that has a lot to do with getting people kind of amped up again because it's not just that Suicide Squad, a Suicide Squad one, uh, was a failure. It's that um, it was a recent failure. So it's like you taste something bad, and you still have that bad taste in your mouth. Another batch of that same thing comes out of the oven. Even the if the cook is like, no, no, this is a lot, a lot better. You still have the bad taste. I think you're less likely to to kind of love again and say, all right, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take one or two. Uh, so I, I think that the the vastness of the 
lineup that they're coming up with, I think that has to do a lot with earning the love back, so to speak. Um, I mean, so, they're so off to a me, hell of a start, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and they really are. Uh, but the for me, honestly, in, in terms of like making that decision, yeah, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna see it right away, as opposed to you know, I'll just see it eventually when it comes around on one of the cable networks or whomever streaming it um, a few months down the road. The, the the biggest difference maker for me was James Gunn himself. Um, and, you know, that whole situation with him and Marvel and the tweets and all that stuff. I mean, we don't really need to get into that because everybody obviously has their own opinion. Um, but it was really a situation and that actually kind of reminded me of the NFL with all the crazy stuff that's going on in the NFL. Oh, God. Um, you know, guys do a little something. Guys do a major something. A lot of times just the, the result is the same. They're like, boom, you're off the team. Uh, and, and regardless of how heinous the thing may or may not have been, depending on your perspective, um, there almost always seems to be another team waiting on the sidelines, a lot of sports analogies here, waiting on the sidelines to improve their organization saying, hey, you know what, I know you killed a bunch of people, but... Uh, you know what, we're going to go ahead and sign you. That was really the situation where DC was just on the sidelines and James Gunn fell into their lap yeah. uh, because of that situation. Oh! Knock, knock, Wooden. Say hello to your new improved Harley Quinn. That is time, you eloquent Oof. son of a gun. Mm -hmm, so true. that means the one and only thing we want to hear from you. You can go to any of our social media. It's US Comics HQ. One more time, that is US Comics HQ. Hit us up on the Facebook, the Instagram, on the Twitter machine, wherever you want to be, where there too. We want to know your opinion. Are you excited? Do you want him to play Green Lantern? Do you not care? Are you going to see it regardless? Could he play Calendar Man? I want to know your opinion. <laughs> but my brother, King Dingling himself, John, you are on mm -hmm. the clock. That's me. That's what me. What do you have this week? Well, you know, I, I, I did bury the lead a little bit with my introduction of Charlie. Um, you know, some people like to say, you know, like throwing a little nugget for anybody who might be kind of hunting around for, uh, for clues. As I did give Charlie what? the Apollo Creed intro, uh -huh. and um, you know if he's famous for, for if he's famous for one fight, you would have to say yeah, he's probably most famous for his fight, the championship fight against Rocky Balboa, uh, in which uh, he he ended up turning over the championship to an eventual twenty-seven movie champion <laughs> like Rocky himself, the Italian Stallion. Um, but the second fight that, you know, if it's 1 and 1A, one the second fight that he's most famous for would have to be the one that inevitably led to his demise in ring. And that I was literally have no idea what you're talking about. Russian champion, the most Drago. I know, chill up, baby, just chill up. Uh, so we're going to go down that route. And uh, when we're talking about Russian champions, the first one you think of is... A, is of course the blonde flat top himself, Ivan Drago. But the second Russian champion you think of may have happened in an else world, and he would have been the Russian champion from Krypton Kalel. Because all I have to talk about <laughs> is the animated 
Red Sun movie oh. that is coming from DC. Yes. Um, and and look, you know, we we do talk about uh, the entire uh, comic book universe from indies to our own personal project, US Comics, to of course the bigs and DC Comics and Marvel, and um, a lot of the topics that we that we end up uh, talking about do have to do with Marvel Cinematics because the Marvel, you know, Marvel uh, as a studio is blowing it up right now. I mean, for ten for the last 10 years, they have been doing what other major studios only dream about doing. Um, and, and, you know, you can kind of debate about well, quality as opposed to quantity. You can have the we should have, could have, would have conversations, but you really can't take it away from them. They make outstanding movies over Marvel. Uh, live action movies yeah cgi is still live action right yeah sure um live action movies <laughs> is marvel's forte what you cannot debate either though if if in on one hand you're gonna have marvel's uh heavyweight championship of movie cinematic feature in the other hand you cannot deny that dc is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the animated feature uh, and and I think it's really for one reason and one reason only. Content, they absolutely stick to content when they're making these animated uh, versions of stories that, as comic book geeks, nerds, and lovers, we all know. So Red Sun is a comic book that I am oh, in love with. It's I put perfect. the ring on it. We walk down the aisle. Uh, we're currently living a very happy happy life together. Me and Red Sun. Um, and, and I mean, I, all joking aside, I absolutely love it. And even though it is an Elseworlds, it, it, it does happen outside the regular continuity of the, uh, DC, uh, DCU, uh, in comic book them. Um, it is absolutely beloved. A lot of people look to it as like, this is, this is what, uh, what if Elseworld, whatever you want to call them type stories should really do because it takes, um, it takes a story that we all know, like we joke about, yeah, we all know how, you know, Batman's parents died. We all know, you know, Peter Parker gets bitten by the spider and Uncle Ben, he has no luck because he just dies over and over and over again. Um, on the same token, we all know about this little baby, Kal-El, this little baby, uh, you know, this, <laughs> this, uh, this immigrant who came to our country illegally. Oh, God. And, uh, oh boy. And, um, and just that, got downvoted at to. least half the country. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here it is, uh, the, for anyone who doesn't know, and if you don't know, shame on you, but, uh, with, without going into too much detail, the story is what if, what if instead of landing in the heartland in you know in the in the flats of Kansas and being raised by the salt of the earth Kents uh, to have all of that that conversation of nature versus nurture uh, even even play up because he got you know he was found by by basically superheroes without powers without capes but overalls rather um, and you say that you know what instead of that happening what if he handed landed in Soviet russia on a farm in soviet russia and he was raised believing all of that um you know the 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 ideals of communism and you know becoming uh, as he as he matured into being the superhero that he is what would happen if now instead of the old you know truth justice and the american way it was truth justice and the stalin way 
and uh, everything that that means. And um, I mean, just an awesome, awesome comic book. And now, and then with DC's track record of the animated features, I cannot doubt that is going to become an absolutely amazing, amazing animated feature. I cannot wait. I I just I, there's something <laughs> so glorious about Red Sun in general. If if you're listening to this and you've managed to never read Superman mm. Red Sun, do yourself a fi- uh, a favor. Uh, Seriously, just buy it. Yeah, send you, us the bill. I mean, that's how serious I am about you wanting to read it. It's it's just brilliant, and it somehow it somehow personifies Superman almost does. better than any other Superman story. Yeah, and and again, for for any of those few like the two or three people that haven't read it. Or don't know, don't know at least know, because of other geeky nerd friends in their lives that that ruin it for you, so to speak. We don't want to bury the lead with that and kind of let you know what goes on. You know, it's about setup and stuff like that. But I, I, I certainly am of the opinion that absolutely Charlie's right. Um, it personifies who he is as an individual. Um, you know, re- really as much as, if not even more so, than your typical. Hmm. I love you too. No one can hear that but you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, then I love them as well. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely believe that it, it it really is the definition of who he is as a character. Uh, you know, the fact that he landed in Soviet Russia, uh, as opposed to here in the good old U.S. of A., doesn't actually matter. It's it's wonderful. And again, without giving anything away, but certainly with teasing it. Uh, I think that concept lends itself to like, oh, Superman's just Homelander from the boys, and he's mm. not. Uh, no, it, it, no, it not really remotely. does play with this concept of of nature versus nurture. What's interesting 100%. is, uh, uh, did you ever wind up seeing Brightburn? Of course. Uh, Very almost immediately after we spoke about it. Part of the re- uh, James Gunn produced it. Um, he didn't write or direct it, um, but he did produce it. And what's funny is I I feel like Brightburn starts going in an interesting direction and then makes it very... I was disappointed with how few layers there were, Hmm. mainly because I'm so familiar with Red Sun. Because Red Sun is like, just when you think you know the answer, they change the question. Um, well, well, you know, you bring up, uh, you bring up a a good point, I think is because, uh, when you're having those, you know, when you have those situations, um, where it's really not a question of nature versus nurture, it's a very clearly, um, neither it's situational because now you're talking about even stories and movies like Chronicle where you're saying, okay, here is a super villain that was clearly created. He, he didn't start off one way or the other. He was made into being what he eventually did become. Almost like a Magneto situation. 100%. Because, look, yeah, I mean, and, 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 you know, the Magneto's been in the news, and that was, that was, one of, that was my in-the-back-pocket in the topic in, in case you took mine. Um, <laughs> but Mag, Magneto 100% was, was created to the point where 
you you really have no idea where his story would have gone if he grew up in a you know just a regular household where there were no traumatic effects and he wasn't pulled where away there from was his hope. parents and shoved in a cage um yeah like how do you even start doing the math how do you start unpacking a character like that when you know the that the those tragic events completely define who the character was and and for something like chronicle you can absolutely say that but something like brightburn you can say well yeah he had a couple of shitty days but on the same token um had had an absolutely amazing support system that a lot of real life people couldn't even fathom you know that that part was like the fantastic version not the fact that he could fly or shoot shit out of his eyes or anything like that but like oh shit your mama loved you you lucky son of a bitch yeah and, and um, i mean not to do a full review of of brightburn but that was sure. the tragedy that i was kind of hoping that film would have played up when mm. it, it was saying like not even the kents could save this little piece of shit um, yeah, well, yeah, a uh, piece of shit was a piece of shit. It, it's that was its that, view that on nurture on uh, versus nature was very, very specific. There was right, no right. avoiding being a monster for yeah, that kid, yeah. Um, yeah. which is something I've always found super interesting about the Superman character. It's why I think he's truly comics' greatest character is because he is such a complex character if you mm. look at it with any sort of microscope. If you want him to be deep, they're providing it uh, in tons. Right, right. I mean, one no, thing true. I've always loved about uh, one thing I've one thing I've always failed to connect with Batman about is Batman's what happens if tragedy happens to a super wealthy white person. Um, oh. it, Batman's one of the very few characters that I don't think you could swap the race, and it's oh, as really? effective. I think the problem is, to me, Bruce Wayne, Batman, the Waynes, they are original money. They helped build Gotham. There's no black person whose family's 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 family was rich in this country. Well, it just doesn't really exist. I mean, there there was, there was, but they were only as rich as they were inevitably allowed to be. I mean, not to go into a history lesson, but, you know, once once you got to the point of, of, you know, reconstruction, once the Civil War was over, I mean, you had some very, very, I mean, that, that's, you want to talk about old money. That's old money. Like, you had some very, very wealthy uh, black people in this country uh, starting from that point. But then again, on the same on the same uh, in the same side of the coin, I th where I think it really would become an issue for a character like Batman would be there would still be the social issues to contend with. Where uh, I mean, Chris Rock actually makes a makes a joke about it. Um, he you know he 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 has a, a very good way of approaching race racial conversations, and he does it by by being funny as hell. He's one of my favorite absolute comedians. Ah, he's top um, but, he, but he says, like, you know, be, being white in this country is is really good. Like somewhere in the back of this huge stadium, there is a there is a white like white ticket, you know, ticket attendant you know, ripping tickets who's like not willing to change places with Chris Rock. And Chris <laughs> Rock is fucking rich. Um, and, and obviously, I don't want to do, pull a Michael Scott because Chris Rock does that bit a hell of a lot better than I just did. But um, but but that is the. You know, that is the, the conversation that regardless of uh, circumstance, 
wealth being uh, the the main one, I think that that you're talking about. Um, you know, you, you, there are certain demographics that uh, it doesn't really make a difference. You know, where they look at somebody and if they see a, a different skin tone than their own, there's an there's an, a complete um, approach that I'm trying to be very cautious here. Uh, there's a complete <laughs> approach that they uh, that they take um, in in kind of dealing with this person. And, and you know, Chris Rock may never come across, you know. Um, Somebody, somebody who is collecting cans on the side of the road, uh, so that they can eat that particular day, and that person with their circumstance may think in their heart of hearts that they're better than somebody like Chris Rock, and and wealth has nothing to do with it. I, it's obviously completely insane. Yeah. Um, because wealth, you know, wealth, uh, notwithstanding, no one person is above any other person, in my opinion, on this earth. I don't care how much money you have. It's a hot take. I don't care what your skin tone is. I don't care what your political beliefs are. I don't care what your race is, what your religion is. Um, nobody, there, there is no pyramid, so to speak. And if there is a pyramid, aliens probably built it. <laughs> Well, and you, and again, I don't. I, it's not that I don't think you couldn't tell interesting black Batman stories. It's yeah, more it that specific. it's more that Batman, and this is my fault because it's what lives inside my head. But Batman seems to be informed by a little bit of guilt of his privileges, plural. Mm. He's not just oh, guilty because he's rich. He's also guilty because he's white. Um. That's how I've always read the character. Um, really? I I don't I mean, know. That's that's some woke ass meta shit. I I've never, I've never read a, a a Batman comic where I thought that in his mind race really came uh, into you know into the equation. And if you if you really want, I mean, this is a little bit of a different conversation at this point. But if you really want to get um, you know deep about it, that's what privilege is. Ultimately, is like it, well, it never even occurred to me that that was, you know, that, that was something to be that thought about. That is very like, deep for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like, well, that that must be nice for you to never ever even have it cross your mind, um, because it's so not part of your reality. It's just not the case for 99. percent Yeah, of the it's rest strange of us. too because I don't even necessarily know where that comes from. Um, mm. The closest I can remember is Todd McFarlane had that issue of Spider Man. Um, where someone mm -hmm. is like, yeah, thanks, Spider-Man. Um, but, like, the guy was racist. So Spider-Man's just like, you have no idea what color I am under this mask, and thwipped away. Right, right. Um, and that stuck with me. It just stuck with me that they all know race exists in their universes. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's not that I think he's overly... I, I honestly, I couldn't point to a reference... That proves my point. It's just what I think about rich people. If you're rich well, and white, good. be guilty. How about that? Um, that's somewhat a joke. It's a little bit. How it's genuinely how I feel about Batman, though. Um, whereas Superman, I think because he is on paper better than everyone, but he looks a little dork, Jimmy Olsen, and he's like, that's the biggest heart of anyone I know. And he looks mm. at his wife, Lois, and he's like, that's the bravest person I know. And he looks at his kid, and he's like, that's the most optimistic person I know. He gives himself no credit. Superman is light years smarter than Bruce. But he genuinely probably thinks Bruce is the smartest guy around. 
Um, yeah. It speaks yeah, no, to no, the, I, the man I, that is Superman, I, I, I and that's what I love that. about Red Sun. You know what? And I, I hear what you're saying, but but not not to do a point counterpoint. Um, you know, the, the smarter is subjective um, because there are certain things where, and I think the reason why their eventual team ups in the comics work so well is because they're not um, they're not like one and one a on the on the lineup. Um, it's not like if you're putting a baseball team together, you 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 know put two sluggers next to each other and one one of the guys hits like 20 home runs more than the other so he's clearly better no that's that's not the case at all i i think that uh, as smart as superman is and and clearly bruce wayne is also i mean there's a reason why they call him the greatest detective uh you know in the in the world um i think that superman is just coming from a place mentally where there are certain things that would never even occur to him. I think that Batman is such a great detective in contending with the scum of the scum of the four panel pages because he's he's lower to the ground, you know, literally and and morally. So certain things would occur to him to even check out that Superman would never he's he's literally and figuratively above certain things. You know, whereas you know, it would never even occur to him that someone, much less himself, would do it, you know, would do a certain thing. So it, why would he even check into that, so to speak? You, you know what I mean? Um, I and, do. and I think that's pretty, you know, and again, this is not the topic that we were talking about. But uh, it's very interesting because when they talk about like character, uh, you know, character specific uh, details um, in this particular Elseworlds, you also get. An amazing version of Batman, a Russian Batman who's like more of a a, a freedom fighter and an anti-communist um, guy. Uh, you also get a Russian version of Wonder Woman who is arguably um, the 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 badassest version of Wonder Woman that I've seen uh, in in any kind of outlet. Um, and, and granted, you know, she still has her backstory, but she kind of gravitated towards um, towards communist USSR uh, at, at that point. It's 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 really just a freaking awesome story for for and, and especially in terms of it really keeps the tone of the characters dead on. Just changing their location doesn't change who these people are as people. You know what I'm saying? It's really great because it strips a lot of characters of what they maybe sometimes lean on too much in the in the traditional storyline and the traditional kind of earth um it's just glorious and how good does the hammer and sickle look in the crest uh, i mean visually visually i i can't think of a story um that that <laughs> is more striking than freaking communist russian superman uh, you know, flying, uh, you know, flying uh, through the skies. Uh, what, what is also um, what's what's also really interesting as far as that is concerned is his costume clearly changes as he kind of goes from the Gomer version of the farm boy to to a kind of like a figurehead poster boy of the state. Uh, and kind of speaking about communism and, and, and everything like that, he kind of, you know, he, he goes from the uh, circus hero, you know, circus strongman type costume and, and ends up looking like 
uh, he ends up looking like an extra out of a out of a Mel Brooks movie <laughs> because he's got the high collar and then the you know the the stomping boots and everything like that. Um, just just awesome awesome visuals. It I I mean I love DC animated. On the rare occasion they have a miss or they tell a story I just don't care about. There's still something about it I just love. Um, and, and you know what's interesting to me is that sometimes they'll take stories that. Uh, and and for me, selfishly, sometimes stories that I didn't particularly have interest in even picking up um, in the animated version, it just comes to life and all of a sudden it smacks you in the face because, you know, and, and, and I kind of I kind of started off my little segment by giving them, you know, real props. And, uh, you know, for me, it's it's them taking stories that are just dynamite stories. They're not going to take lame stories and, and put them through the animation process. But like things like when you see All Star Superman, um, in or 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 Under the Red Hood, you know, for for someone who's not a particular Batman fan, um, watch Under the Red Hood. Tell me that that wasn't freaking awesome, or or Flashpoint, you know, where you know the characters that maybe didn't didn't catch your attention or that you particularly paid close interest in, because there are other characters in the DCU than other than Batman. Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman, um, you know, Throne of Atlantis, Public Enemies, which Ugh. which was an amazing, amazing storyline, which I think a lot of people missed. Maybe they missed it because of the art style, um, the anime and this art style, um, or or you know whatever the case might be. Um, you know, D- Death of Superman, you know, the animated just recently, um, even. Um, uh, which one and obviously, you know, talking about Batman, the Batman animated series um, was, you know, heralded and is, is still spoken about now as kind of like the best take, the most definitive take on Batman that we've uh, that we've gotten. But Ryan, you know, Rise of, Rise of the Phantasm was an absolutely nuts. So uh, watch. It was just amazing to watch. So, yeah, you, you cannot sleep on DC animated movies. It's there are they are the Marvel Cinematic Universe of animated movies because it's something hmm. Marvel hasn't figured out how to do yet. They no, try no. way too much to you know what's funny though. Well, Into the Spider Verse, you gotta. Give I mean, that. Into the Spider Verse. You know my feelings on Into the Spider Verse. There's a reason they I were do. proud enough to put that in theaters. That because Fox was like, give us money. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's something really glorious about the animated movies that maybe the live action are starting to borrow from. A lot of the animated movies are connected, but most aren't. Death of Superman was the culmination of a long run of the new 52. They started with a Justice League movie that had Cyborg, not Green Lantern. They took that for like seven or eight films culminating. So you had a whole universe within DC Animated that was connected. While that was going on, you had Constantine getting to to run around with Batman in a movie. You got a lot of Batman movies that each Batman was different and got to live liberated of the two hours that preceded it because Mm -hmm. I I love a joined universe when it works. And honestly, even when it works, I get a little sick and tired of their forced rhetoric oh that is time wow you know the rules you gotta tell us what you think (laughs) you excited about red sun do you think that 
Batman, in fact, has some white guilt up in this month. <laughs> Let us know on all of our social media at US Comics HQ. Uh, love it. I, I'm I'm just so excited for all the movies, all the comic books, more, more. Well, you know what to do. Hit us up on social media, all of our info, and our website is US Comics HQ. Until then, rate, comment, subscribe. I cannot tell you how much that does for the show. Well before, we're going to ask for any of your shillings. We're going to ask for your support, blind or otherwise, and come back next week and every week on Comic Book Day. That's Wednesday each and every week for more U.S. Comics cast action for the CEO, John Rivera. I am the COO, Charlie Rivera, and until next time, next time, dos vadanyas!